0: I am so, so sorry for everything that has happened, because in spite of what Mike says now, it is my fault, because it was my project, and I insisted, I insisted on everything, I insisted that we weren't lost, I insisted that we keep going, I insisted that we walk south everything had to be my way and this is where we've ended up and it's all because of me that we're here now hungry and cold and hunted I love you mom and dad Welcome to Trilogy in Theory, my name is Webb and this is my co-host Mike and we are now recording on the inaugural episode of our new literary project Best Movie Year Ever where we are looking at the book by Brian Raftery He is going through 1999 and the book is uh, subtitled How 1999 Blew Up the Big Screen and we're kicking it off with The Blair Witch Project I had never seen this movie fully through. This is my first
1: ever viewing. What? I, I know. Oh, God. Here here comes the pompous attitude. Like, I was too hip for that. I, I knew it was fake the whole time. <laughs> I, I didn't like the joy of the summer of 1999. Don't have time for it.
0: <laughs> well, no, here's the thing. So, you know, you're watching this movie, gone are the uh, the meticulous camera movements of someone like a Kubrick, or you've got the the magnificent
1: crane shots of Toby Hooper, right? <laughs> you've got this... Go back and uh, check out our last year's uh, movie book club if you want to... The Funhouse episode is what uh, Webb is referring to. Right. And you've got the gorilla style filmmaking. And
0: honestly, it's really not my jam. And I kind of got into this existential argument with myself about is this really a movie reading the book and getting the background information about it you know there's no real script uh, improvisation is very tricky it's one thing if you got a comedian who's like here we'll take a few different cracks at it and they'd, you have know, different takes with different jokes and then you know the director decides what's the funniest of them but this one it seemed like the filmmakers were just like here's a Basic list of things we want you to go through, and here's kind of an end point. Uh, One thing that really not troubled me but really took me by surprise was uh, one of the characters who tosses the map, and that was something that he came up with. Mike, Mike, yes, yeah, he that is a key. Moment in the film that really affects the rest of the story, and that's just something he came up with. And the filmmakers were like, well, let's let's uh let's go with it. So, what the heck is going on? Who's in charge? Is this a movie or is this an avant-garde experiment? At the end of the day, I actually really enjoyed my viewing, but I'll talk about that in a little bit. Tell me about your experience with the Blair Witch Project.
1: Well, first I'm gonna say it's more movie than most movies. I think uh, film fans seek out to adore um we're gonna have christopher nolan uh featured on next week's uh episode kicking off our our trilogy for the month uh for those people who refuse to support us on patreon with these (laughs) exclusive movie book movie book club episodes i think christopher nolan uh certainly now maybe not during you know (laughs) <laughs> following uh, time period is uh, seen as an auteur. He is the, the author of his filmography. Uh, last year, Cinema Speculation was uh, written by Quentin Tarantino, and we adore his films, and we adore his point of view, uh, and he certainly has, I mean, rightfully so, in some of those chapters, it seems like he got very agitated when the films were taken away from the directors. Like, this is my movie. If you do not subscribe to the auteur theory, or if you leave a little bit of room uh, to say that not all films need to have a singular author. I actually love the Blair Witch project in this chapter in particular for those little details that uh, this was totally a collaborative process. This is embracing the notion that uh, the actors could come in with their own ideas. And as you pointed out, you need at least one of those ideas. That's pretty key to this plotless movie, which is basically three people, being at each other's throats uh, increasingly agitated at their plight that they find themselves in as to my experience with it. I'm somewhere in the middle. And then I was, you know, in 1999, I was still like a big movie person. I was, uh, reading, uh, David Poland's rough cut on like TNT, TNT's rough cut.com. And very much, you know, still looking forward to those entertainment weekly, you know, issues. So you would get the, the hype that was sort of built in. You would you would play the game. You the the placed articles of like here here's what you need to be paying attention to. Here's what you need to look forward to. So I was all about people sort of cultivating uh, my interest, pointing me in the right direction. For a lot of people and the success of the Blair Witch Project, it's just something that their buddy at work or a friend of theirs said, "Hey, you gotta go check this out," and it had that very. Um, natural birth for them as far as like this pop culture phenomenon. I don't know if I got the full enjoyment of it because I knew, Hey, this is a, like a big Sundance movie. This has got a lot of buzz. And I was dragging my friends to see it sight unseen. Like this is something we need to be aware of. I kind of wish I had their first time watch where they're like, okay, I don't know what this is. Let's see what's going on. Um, Because one of my friends who's not a movie guy, he like became fucking obsessed with this movie in the summer of 1999 like he was getting online, he was. It was like my first glimpse of the fandom element, which is now you know with the MCU and the <laughs> Zack Snyder's uh, fans. Like everyone's aware of it. Uh, Barbie is making jokes <laughs> about some Zack Snyder. I I see this as more quaint, but other people given the, the way the film industry works now and fandom in particular, may look at this like some critics look at uh, Jaws or Star Wars, as far as that's the point <laughs> where this this artistic endeavor ended because we let fans sort of take authorship away from the filmmakers. Oh, I don't know about that. I
0: think that was a very integral part of the phenomenon. Uh, and, and that leads me to something that I wondered about modern audiences like can they enjoy something like this without that context part of I think the appeal of this movie wasn't just the movie but everything leading up to it that word of mouth stuff one of the things that's awesome in the book is uh, having people call into their like local disc jockeys and talking about it on the radio and it kind of Really, word of mouth. That is how uh, this spread. And whether it was the conspiracy theories or debating whether it was real or not, all of that stuff, you can't replicate that kind of atmosphere. And so I look at – also, it was the infancy of the internet, right? And so that's when people were like, what is this thing? As it's becoming more and more common in people's homes, you start seeing uh, how effective of a marketing tool it can be.
1: But do we look at that with rose-colored glasses? Because, well, first off, these are the little guys. You know, I don't even know what Daniel Myrick and Eduardo Sanchez, I don't even know what they went on to do. I I think, I I know they stepped back from the Blair Witch franchise and had nothing to do with the the, the second one, which is a really interesting curiosity because it's like a direct attack on fandom. So I kind of appreciate that. (laughs) It is like a very poor last jedi like i'm not saying in in quality but as far as the pointed attacks i'm all for and,
0: and you do you do mean the sequel and not the adam
1: wingard remake correct right right book of, book of shadows i believe this is you know properly known but you know the general public is like i don't know what that is i didn't didn't see it if you like what you've heard please consider subscribing to our patreon for a mere one dollar only and you get all of our bonus episodes including this one, Movie Book Club where we will be covering the book Best Movie Year Ever Chapters on Films from 1999 along with other podcasts I produce such as Offscreen Death and Projecting Film that's at patreon.com slash projecting film